afternoon and welcome to another episode of the Cryptid Ramblers podcast. As always, I'm your co-host Callum, and thankfully, with me as always, is your other co-host Scott. Hey, how are we doing? Yeah, good man. Yeah? You right? Yeah, good. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm full of caffeine, full of sugar, I'm ready to go, mate. <laughs> I'm not surprised after the night you've had. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, house for the teenagers. Yeah, lucky you. Mm. Although I'm sure it was self-inflicted from what you said, so it's... Seems no to sympathy, be. really. Seems to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Certainly long for the ride. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so before we uh, get into the uh, episode, um, as always, we've got some shout-outs to get through. Cool. Um, firstly, our beloved patrons, yes. <laughs> James and Justin. Hey, guys. Hello. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you, as always, uh, for the continued support. Um, you know, it's much appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um and remember, listeners, you too can be a part of the supporters club, <laughs> and uh, and you can do so by heading to patreon.com forward slash cryptid ramblers podcast. Yeah, indeed, it's easy as that. Yeah, guys, come support your favourite podcast. Absolutely, we've um we've got uh, two reasonably priced tiers to choose from. If I do say so myself, they are reasonably priced indeed. <laughs> um, priced at four pounds and six pounds plus VAT. VAT, yeah, plus VAT. Plus the AT. We've got to get that one in there. <laughs> before we get lynched again. Yeah, before, yeah, before we get told off. Um, you'll get um, early access to each bi-weekly episode. Uh, a personal shout-out, as you've just heard. Um, and if you're part of the top tier, um, then you'll also see the video recording of each podcast as well. Um, as, uh, as an exclusive. Get to see these beautiful mugs. Absolutely. Um, now I'm sure a lot of you, or I know a lot of you, watched the... Halloween special, yeah. As a and hopefully that's acted as a little taster for what you can, for what you can expect. <laughs> the professional content. The professional yeah. content, yeah. <laughs> Ish. Ish. Yeah. Yeah. Professionals used uh, yeah, we'll loosely. That. Yeah, yeah. We'll um, so yes, yeah, so there's plenty of reasons to uh, come support your favourite podcast, yeah, as well. uh, Scott said. Um, now we can't do any shout outs and uh, thank yous without men- mentioning the home of Cryptid Ramblers podcast. The place where the uh, the magic happens, our new purpose-built studio here at uh, Hellfire Studios. Yeah. It's based in Southend, which is roughly 45 minutes from London, and it's the first podcast, film and photography studio here in Essex. Hellfire Studio offers full content creation, so visit hellfirecreative.com for more info on that. Now, as always, for being a, uh, a keen listener, you can benefit too from our sponsorship by receiving a 20% discount. Simply go to hellfirestudio.uk and use the code CRYPTID at the checkout. And it is as easy as that. Simple. It's, yeah, it could be any easier, really. Yeah. <laughs> and you save money. So, that, that as you well. Know, win-win. Um, and you come and get to use the equipment and yeah. services that the guys uh, the guys offer here. Yeah, get in there quick as well. Absolutely, yeah. Because um, yeah, things are really picking up quick. I yeah. think we're going to be on our way out soon, I think, if it carries on. <laughs> so, <laughs> So no, it's it's, it's yeah, it's really good uh, for the guys. So yeah, if it's something that uh, yeah catches your fancy, then um, yeah, mm. go to the website and uh, and check them out. Yeah. Um, now, by way of an update, uh, as opposed to a shout out, we are getting ever closer to launching our new merch store. Mm-hmm. Um, as we've said before, um, they are a, a local company uh, to us, much like uh, Hellfire, and uh, yeah, the quality is. Excellent. We haven't seen um, we haven't seen our own um, stuff as yet, but um, we were here when they were well, yeah, a couple they, of months ago. Well, they were yeah, doing they, a shoot they, for exactly. They were doing a promo shoot for a new right line. Here, yeah, and we managed to get a little sneak peek of their uh, 
But they're merch. It's one of their new lines that was um, that was dropping, and yeah, got to mm. take a look. And yeah, it's it's really good stuff. And you know, what's better is that they're you know the local to us, and um, yeah, supporting mm. a, another local company. Yeah, and also is, for, uh, great for, for like us. A, you know for the, the eco friendly sort of thing. All of their yeah. materials are you know um, responsibly <coughs> sourced as well. Yes. Yeah. So, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. So that's good. So um, yeah, we're working on some. Uh, new designs whilst freshening up some of the old ones so um yeah keep your eyes peeled for for that um and as i'm sure for the, the coming weeks there'll be more updates to uh, to follow um now all that's out of the way just skip through it all yeah see, yeah, <laughs> yeah um let's get on with the uh the episode shall yeah we? man yeah um any regulars would remember that um we again remembered last time to uh, mention it we actually at did. the end. Yep. Um, although I had a moment where I actually forgot. But <laughs> that was, that was quite funny. But yeah, that's because we we mucked around with the actual recording, didn't we? We recorded yes. yeah. that the that episode. Yeah. We recorded the Wendigo before we did before that one, and so I've got myself a bit muddled. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. But for anyone who, who did listen, you will know that we are covering uh, giants. There yeah, we are in in all their enormous glory. Um, well, that's, so what that's what she said. That's what she said. There you go. That's the first that's one. That's the first one. Yeah. Tick. Ding. <laughs> yeah. We'll try and get a little counter somewhere. We'll get, we'll get a little counter. <laughs> a little sound effect. Yeah, one well, of those uh, those clerk bells. <laughs> yeah, Ding. exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So, I guess we'll, we'll jump into it. Go yeah? for it. Excellent. Um, so, I'm sure everyone knows or at least has an idea because they have been in pop culture for. Quite some time yeah, now, and pop culture and just red, just culture and in just general, yeah. really. Yeah, you know, we've fairy got tales uh, and yeah, fairy tales, movies, and, uh, you know, Jack and the Beanstalk and all those yeah. sort of things. And it's one of the big ones, yeah. Dungeons and Dragons and, yeah. and all the, the 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 fantasy novels yeah. and storylines and everything. And mm. yeah, so they've been That's a strong true. part of what we are. Yeah, no, they have. Um, in folklore specifically. Um, Giants are beings of human-like appearance, but are mostly depicted uh, as being great in size and strength. Um, now, as we've um, covered uh, in other episodes, um, each region across the world has its own idea, you know, of what a giant is and its characteristics and, you know, what it looks like. Um, but interestingly, I know more from my um, research, um, it actually took me down the religion uh, yeah, you with um, the mentions in you know the good book and other uh, <laughs> other religious uh, texts so, <laughs> exactly yeah um, which was quite a surprise because say everyone has their own idea of what they think a giant is or where it has come from and mm. you know you think that it was just imagined by you know Tolkien or you know his predecessors yeah, or whatever just... and it was just imagined as a you know as a as a monster but um, but no I mean as as we'll find out there is actually you know, real world, real world um, evidence, evidence yes. to suggest that they exist, and also religious uh, origins, which um, mm. which will come up, will come over as well. Um, so yeah, the word giant itself um, is believed to have been first used in twelve ninety seven by a chap named Robert of Gloucester. That's interesting. I would have thought it's been earlier than that, really. Have, yeah, and not from England, like Greek. Yeah, exactly. Um, he wrote a chronicle around the late 13th century, um, which was about English, British and Norman history. Uh, it was in two parts, um, 
and each one contained seven parts and it was one of those seven parts where he sort of coined i guess what we know is the english word ah, I see. okay so obviously the greeks had their word and you know which wasn't that different actually um you know the romans had their own word and, mm. and so on and so on but um from what i could uh from what I could find, the English um, version, the of English, the, oh, okay, the English word sense. "giant" came from 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 that chap who, yeah, who just sort of thought it up and, and coined it in, and it wasn't from what I could see that the whichever part it was contained in wasn't um, specifically about that. It was like a an off the cuff uh, like phrase or, or word okay. that was used within the article, um, mm. which was quite interesting. So I'm not sure if he necessarily. So it, meant for it, it could have been part of the vernacular. It was about something else, and that word was kind of yeah thrown okay, in. Yeah, and, sense, yeah. yeah. Um, which I think in itself is quite interesting because they would have been in existence long before. Well, well I suppose if it was just like casually used like that in literature, then mm. I suppose it would just would have been a word that was being used that was being spoken. Yes. Yeah. For a while, and mm. it just you know it just made sense for them to write it down. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. I think that was kind of it. Yeah. That yeah. Makes sense. Certainly, from what I could tell, anyway, from gotcha. from reading the, the the actual articles. Um, now, interestingly, the, that, that word, um, giant, is believed to also derive from the word gigantus, um, which is used in both Greek and Roman mythology. Mm. Um, in Greek mythology, they were a race of, um, of, of great strength and, and aggression, um, but not necessarily great in um, stature. Uh, they, were known, um, they were known for their battle with the Olympian gods. So, yeah, they weren't necessarily known for being so that 12, been 15 feet The Titans, then, wouldn't they? They, Yeah, yeah, pretty the much. The Titans and the offspring of, yeah, right, basically, okay. yeah. Um, yeah, the, the, as it goes into um, here, the giants were uh, the offspring um, of Gaia, the goddess of Earth, mm -hmm. um, born from the blood of her son. Uranus, <laughs> the, said differently. from the mutilation of Uranus. Yeah, well, yeah, well, he good. was uh, he was castrated by his son Cronus, Ooh. who was a Titan. Um, Definitely mutilated. And that's where the, uh, the the giants in Greek mythology, at least, are believed to have uh, come from the uh, scrotum from blood of a Titan. The, the... <laughs> <laughs> the scrotum blood of a Titan. Yeah, okay, more or less. Gotcha. Yeah, he's put in a in a far more. Um, Romantic and poetic way, but oh, no doubt. But yeah, for the yeah, most part, I think Uranus <laughs> may have meant something completely different. <laughs> I think, I think you might be right. Please, <laughs> <laughs> <Bleak> heck. <laughs> and so it begins. And so it begins. <laughs> um, now there is a, not just in the various mythologies, but even in pop culture, there is a contrast, in, you know, the term you know, sort of giant and how it is depicted. Um, in Henry Cole's Jack and the Beanstalk, they are depicted as big and dumb, um, mm. whilst, you know, being violent and wanting to eat humans. Um, but in Rogue Doll's BFG um, and some others, giants are depicted as more uh, sort of gentle and, and clever uh, beings and certainly more friendly towards humans. Mm. Now, I actually found something that would actually explain both. Okay. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll touch on that. Are you going to come on to that later? I'll or touch on that oh, later. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I did, yeah, I did come across something that might actually explain those two points. Why there's the two differences. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
that's intriguing. Yeah, I've already, I've already yeah. teased you before we started. You did. I, I found <laughs> a load of stuff that I think you'd be very interested in, yeah. and it was stuff that I found really late on, um, yeah. like only a couple of days ago, and I, I'm that's furiously right. noting for like the, for the past couple of hours today. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like a blessing in disguise that we're recording a little bit later. Yeah than we usually yeah. would on a Sunday. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, and also thanks to that, listeners, this episode is now longer than uh, originally planned. Yes, it is. <laughs> so uh, buckle in. <laughs> yeah. Get comfy. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah I'll touch yeah. back on that later on. Perfect, so, okay, yeah, yeah. all right. Um, now, we sort of jump, that, that's a little bit on the sort of the, you know, etymology and, and the, you know, the kind of the origin, um, for the most part, of... Uh, of you know giants, um, but as I said, my research, which thankfully was different to yours, mm. did um, take me down the more religious um, path, which it, it did initially when when I was searching sort of various things. But I, I sort of could see quite quickly that it was one hell of a black mm. hole that it was just going to keep going and going and going and going. And so I, I sort of tried to make the conscious effort to sort of pull away from that mm. and sort of use it as a you know as sort of you know source material but not go too much into it but i just found that deliberately or in de- what's the opposite of deliberate but anyway <laughs> accidental <laughs> accidental that'll do that wasn't <laughs> what i was thinking of but that'll do <laughs> but um i ended up just coming back to it it didn't seem to matter which way i tried to go or how clever i was with you know oh, searches okay. and That's stuff interesting. and it would be either the particular religion or a figure within that religion or yeah. just something that would sort of draw me back onto that path so then i was just sort of gave into it i just thought okay well this is obviously where that's where you've got to go with this it. is where i've got to go with it this is yeah this is where i'm supposed to go um so on that note um in the in the hebrew bible um, the Nephilim, which I know we've mentioned before we have, in, a, in, a, in an episode, um, are a race of people um, that are basically are large and strong, so as you'd expect. Um, the word itself is loosely translated as giant, um, but uh, some traditional Jewish explanations um, interpret the word as the fallen ones or fallen angels. Yeah. Um, yeah, because this this pretty much stems from the Book of Enoch, doesn't it? Yes. Well, yeah. well, this in particular is Genesis, but that in turn mm. is kind of off the back of that as well. Which again, I'll, I mean, I'll briefly go into it because that's yeah. a whole yeah. We that, could that do a whole, whole episode on, on the yeah. Book of Enoch. Really. I mean, that would be a that'd have to be a two parter at least. Yeah. Well, I've, I've <laughs> so, again, I'm going to touch on this because yeah. this is where our in, we've we've always, set, it crosses over. We've but, researched different yeah. things, but I've found stuff from the British. Mm. Um, lore and legends yes. that sort of coincides right, with the okay. So it's, right. I don't know whether or not it's like um, transfer of culture and knowledge, or yeah, or, or, or if it's just like they've heard the same thing and they, you know, it's hard to yeah, it's it's hard to sort of know. distinguish whether or not it's the same thing that's happened in different locations. Yeah, or it's just a story that's progressed with with cultures and yeah. And such, but yeah, I, I've exactly found that, something yeah. from Britain that was very much along the same okay. lines as the Nephilim and the Watchers and that sort of thing. Yeah, that, well, they they come up as you know. Yeah, mm. so yeah, according to Genesis, the Nephilim were wiped out by the Great Flood. You know the the, the, great, the, flood. the great Flood with Noah and mm. his ark. Which we there's know a whole backstory as to why that was done. Actual yeah. flood. It was. We've yeah. got you know there's actual evidence of it. Yeah. Um, however, there have been reports of them since that event. So. 
it um, seems like it was a failed attempt in to uh, well, yeah, exactly. It was a failed attempt to um, to to wipe them out. Um, it is believed that uh, Nephilim are the offspring of gods or ultra-terrestrials and human women. Um, they could range from eight to fifteen feet. Um, the story of the uh, Nephilim, as you mentioned, is also in the book of Enoch. Um, and it connects the origin of them to the fallen angels, which I think is where the translation has come from. Mm. Um, and in particular, the Watchers, yeah. as you just rightly mentioned, um, they were a special type of angel. Um, Samiatsa, hoping I've said that right, um, an angel of high rank um, and leader of the Watchers, led a, a rebel band of angels in a descent on Earth to basically have sexual intercourse with human females. Yep. Um, dirty buggers. Absolutely, yeah. Um, most, of, um, most of this started around the time of the patriarch Jared, who was the father of Enoch, mm -hmm. which is why it's featured in his tales and in his book. Um, Samiatsa fathered two sons, half-breed giants um, called... And this is where it might get a bit sketchy. <laughs> but um, Oya... And Haya. Oh, yeah, and Haya. Yeah, I, I, I made the same joke when I read them. Hi, hi. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did the same thing, which is why I was reluctant to read them out. <laughs> um, now, Samiatsa and his two sons, whose names I won't repeat, <laughs> um, would basically wreak havoc, um, falling into debauchery and wickedness amongst humans, basically, mm. um, and more so kind of their, their females in their pursuit to mate with them, basically. Gotcha. That was kind of their, that was their end game. Um, now, basically, <laughs> I've actually written this down in my notes like this, um, but sick of their shit. <laughs> God instructed the angel Gabriel um, to cause the Watchers and Giants to wage a civil war. Um, once the Archangel had essentially punished the Giants and the Watchers, uh, God, after several, several generations, um, set about causing um, the great flood of Noah gotcha. um, to essentially wipe out the remnants of any of this corrupt hybrid race that may have still been left after the war was 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 over. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so was it as, was it a genocide? Was it as really? epic? So, as the Pygmy Crane War? It was not, no. Okay. It was not. But I think it was anything close. will be quite as Nothing will be quiet, that. no, absolutely not. But it comes a close second, I'd say, but no, it's not, not quite as epic as that. <laughs> um, that is a better soundtrack. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, and this part of this also um, comes from the Book of Giants, um, which was found amongst the Dead Sea Scrolls in the uh, the Qumran caves in Israel. Yeah. Um, dubbed the Cave of Horror, um, I think, because well, of what was found in there and the texts and what they were kind of alluding to. And well, who who dubbed it? The priests or the Vatican? Or well, uh, a mixture of the two, I'd oh, imagine. I bet, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I bet. Uh, yeah, yeah, we wonder why. They thought they forgot about those books. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, don't go there and read all that. It's, um, it's, it's, it's horrible, yeah. We'll, we'll call it the Cave of Horror. The Cave of Horror. So you don't go down there and 
realise what everything really means and <laughs> the truth of the world and because you know you don't want to know that kind of horse. I'll use that bit. Um, Bender, wasn't it? He, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he had yeah. his chamber of horrors. Chamber of horrors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, Albert K. Bender. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, he did. Um, he must have had a bit in it. Yeah, you must have done. You must have done. Um, now there are, as we've, um, as we said, there are variations of um, giants, and some of the uh, more popular ones are found in Armenian, uh, Baltic, Basque, uh, Bulgarian, Greek, and Hindu uh, cultures. Mm. Uh, in terms of the uh, what I could find, in terms of like, the most popular, um, in in terms of the belief mm. that they actually exist and where their story. Um, sort of comes from. So you know, the Basque are a very interesting culture. That they are. They, they're yeah. very, very interesting. Like their genetics and mm. everything else. It's, they're, yeah. they're so isolated. They're, <laughs> like, they're isolated. Sorry, to, get, like, to digress. Yeah, no, they're they're isolated in the, the mountains between Spain and France. Yes. They've got their own little area mm. there and they are an isolated culture yeah. that's remained unchanged for thousands of years. It's, mm. yeah, incredible. It's intriguing that they've been sort of left alone and mm. just to get, you know, get on with things in, in such a yeah, they've, no. got, they've got one of the highest concentration of uh, Reese's negative blood as well. Oh, wow, right. Which is you know, negative, I think popular. <laughs> negative blood is <laughs> yeah. you know, very, very rare. Yeah, yeah. Got one, I think something ridiculous, like 70 or 80% of their population has oh, Irish negative it. blood. Wow. Yeah, it's that. incredible. That's interesting, yeah. That, yeah, this is um, Irish negative blood popped up in the human genome about 30, 35,000 mm. years ago. Just yeah. out of nowhere. Like yeah. we can't really we can't really trace its genetics further back than thirty or thirty five thousand years. Wow. Okay. But yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, interest that. Like, yeah, where did that pop up for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. chuck a little bit of pub knowledge in there for you. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I've yeah, been waiting for that question to come You've up. Been waiting for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> been itching to use that yeah. useless knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the Basque people are yeah. incredibly yeah uh, they are incredibly definitely. interesting. Mm. Yeah, well, I'm sure they'll. I'm sure they'll come up again, especially with mentioning in beliefs like this as well. They will, so, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure of it. Um, now we've previously um, we've previously mentioned the uh, Sete car of uh, Native America, and apologies for pronunciation because um, that is probably wrong. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember hearing that one before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bless you. <laughs> we haven't said that before. <laughs> yeah, we haven't said that one before. Yeah. Um, now they were a legendary. Uh, red-haired tribe of cannibalistic giants. So, Sitikar, was it? Sit well, something like that, yeah. Sit it sounds like a Yorkshireman shouting its kids. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> right, yeah. Especially if we say it like that, which must mean it's wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> the the remains of, uh, of this uh, tribe... Um, were found in the Lovelock Cave in 1911, yeah. which, yeah, um, mentioned in the one of the last episodes. I can't mm. for the remember which one it was, but it was one of the last two of the uh, winter girl, the one before that. But they definitely came I think out. it was the Trolls. It was the Trolls. I think one, it was, I think it was yeah. yeah. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I found a little bit more um, on them as a, as a tribe, I'm guessing because it was... It's probably more relevant now, and I went down the, the right yeah. rabbit hole with it. But uh, after giving birth to a disfigured baby, the giants mistreated the child to such an extent that the great spirit, or God as you and I would, would know it, I guess, uh, responded by making the land hot and desolate, um, allowing rival tribes to conquer over them. Um, only two of 
this uh, Native American tribe actually survived uh, and they were destined to live on these plains for eternity, sort of alone, wow. all over, all because of the mistreatment of yeah. the child that they that they had. Guessing it must have been like Arizona or something like that then, uh, or Nevada. Is that that that's all yes. area? Like the yeah, it is Nevada. Yeah, part of it of yeah, uh, love, of, of love. the states. Yeah, love like Nevada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the actual town or whatever it's called, Dovelock. Yeah, yeah so you see the state of Nevada. That. Yeah, um, yeah. So I thought that was. Uh, yeah, that was quite interesting. Um, and then jumping into uh, one that I know you'll uh, you'll quite in, in enjoy Norse mythology. Yes. The uh, the Uten, um who were opposed um, to the gods uh, were often referred to as giants. Mm. Um, although they were also described as human sized, some are portrayed as huge, such as the frost giants, mm. the fire giants, and the mountain giants. Um, now, the origin, so giants are the origin for most monsters in North, uh, sorry, Norse mythology, um, and also in the Battle of Ragnarok. Mm -hmm. um, the, 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 the kind of story behind that, sort of quickly, is that the giants would storm Asgard and fight the gods until the world was destroyed. The gods themselves um, were related to these giants, Loki being one of them. Yeah. Um, the Allfather, Odin, was the great-grandson of the giant Ymir. Im mm -hmm. um, and he um, was an ancestor of um, Jotna, who was a troll. Yeah. A, a giant troll. A so, giant troll. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, again, it's, it's deeply... Well, it makes, it makes a lot of sense as well, because Loki um, had children... Um, from a giant, so he. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's gonna sound really weird, but Loki gave birth to, yeah, to that, three yeah. different giant creatures. One of them yeah. being uh, was it one a horse or something? Yeah, it was yeah. Sleipnir. Yeah. Sleipnir. So it was Odin's eight-legged horse. That's it. That yeah. he gave birth to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He tried to lure away a Randy. Imagine Spanier. Disney Plus doing that in, oh. uh, in their show. That <laughs> be a very different show. So a few heads, wouldn't it? Yeah. He also gave birth to Fenrir, wolf, the yeah. The, yeah. the the wolf that. Eventually destroyed Odin, mm. um, and uh, Jormungandr, which is the serpent in in circles Midgard, right, um, yeah. and that destroyed Thor. Right, well. okay. And so Loki was the downfall of all. He of was the, the downfall of them all. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, but yeah, I like how that's kind of deeply. I didn't think it would be that sort of deeply written into the uh, oh, mate, some mythology mental but, stories coming from the Norse pantheon but when you yeah realise that the old father himself was actually a descendant of one it kind of makes sense it does <laughs> that they're you know they're, you know, they're in there you know kind of so yeah, much he, to be honest Odin's quite far down in like the whole sort of Norse mythology family tree he's yeah. quite low down he's not <laughs> no. he calls himself the old father but yeah. he's a bit Full of himself, really. Yeah. Um, it's a self-given title. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Definitely self-given. Um, and I think that's what I like about them, is that they don't yeah. pretend to be... I guess he does pretend to be the, the almighty sort of thing, yeah. to a degree. Mm. But he also knows that he is, he's selfish. And it, like, yeah. the, the stories, they don't, they don't gloss over that. They, they yeah. tell it all. And, yeah. Like, they these gods are just as human as you and I. And that's what I think that's what yeah. I like about it all. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that so they were the, the sort of the you know, in terms of the you know, kind of you know, the, the kind of the religion 
um, and I guess a little bit of mythology there at the end. Um, what, what I sort of found in terms of being the most, um, you know, the most compelling. Um, certainly, with mentioning you know things like the, you know, the Book of Enoch and Genesis, and mm. you know, and things like that. They, it surprised me actually to find it in in texts of that nature. Because again, if you didn't know any better, you would just assume that they were you know a fairy tale creature or something in in literature or yeah, absolutely. You know, but as as always, you know, we've been shown, been proven that that's not. You know, necessarily the case, and there's Definitely. more to these things that, you know, I think you and I and, and others listening probably would ever have sort of thought of, mm. um, which is why I like deep diving into sort of these yeah. things because you always are going to unearth a, oh, a surprise of, I mean, of some sort. Yeah, I mean, this this episode in particular, I've, I mean, I've been talking to you about it, I'm, mm. I'm, I've been quite excited to, yeah. to tell yeah. the things that I've found, and, yeah, and for years, I mean, I've, I've been watching that Robert Zephyr yeah. and he's he put out loads of videos where he's de- depicted about giants of North America and, and yeah. skeletons being found and everything else like that it so has, I, yeah. for years I've, I've known about this information mm. but even starting to research it over the past two weeks there's been so much more that I've yeah. found and absolutely yeah. a hell of a lot more closer to home than I thought yeah from what you been. said yeah very much all so. the, pretty much yeah. all my stuff stays in Britain right okay. so it's um yeah and I've got a I've got a top ten largest skeletons found, and you'll be really oh, surprised. Okay. Really, you're really right. surprised. Okay. I look forward to that. Well, look, just to kind of sort of segue into that, um, mm. I found quite um, quite an interesting um, kind of real world um, sort of skeleton or, or parts thereof. Okay. Um, it, the dubbed the giant of uh, Castleno or Castleno um, refers to the discovery of three bone fragments by Georges Vacher de I should have practised this, shouldn't you? Really should have I should have done. I did yesterday, but I should have done today. I, sometimes I, I write the name and then underneath I'll write how you're supposed to say it. Yeah, that would have been helpful. <laughs> that would have been helpful. Uh, so Georges Vacher de la Pouge. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, time, yeah that's it. Um, it was a good distraction, so I could actually read it and practice it. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, and this was in 1890. Um, they were found in the sediment used to cover a Bronze Age burial mound. Um, they are believed to belong to one of the largest humans ever found, the or, or certainly at the time, at least anyway. Gotcha. Um, the, uh, the the measurement of the of the bones meant that the the giant would have stood at about eleven foot six. Um, and to this day, no modern peer-reviewed study has been published to basically discount what was, you know, sort of found all the evidence. No one's bothered to sort of go, actually, no, we found it was from a, you know, an elephant. Which or, is what? Which, which some have. Which some mainstream have science bumped. love to do, especially with things yeah. like Bigfoot and, and stuff like that, when people find, like, uh, yeah. fur samples and stuff like that. They're quick yeah. to get it through the DNA yeah. sequencing and everything else like that. Yeah, exactly. Whereas this... They haven't... No... It's not been sort of cross-referenced or... So they must still have anything. those specimens then? They must have, yeah, somewhere. Um, in 1892, so two years later, um, they were examined at the University of Montpellier uh, by a, profes- a professor of zoology, a professor of paleontology, and um, two anatomists. And it was determined that they belonged to a tall race of abnormal growth. I think they were reluctant to kind of buy into the whole giant thing, so they deliberately didn't use that word. Gotcha. But they kind of skirted around it and said everything else but. 
Um, Sounds about right. And I th- yeah, I think that they that sort of the translation was that yeah, it was a, a tall race of abnormal growth. Mm. So I guess being scientists, they didn't want to. They must you know, have had a thyroid problem. Problem. Yeah, or something pretty like that. much. Yeah, something Good like that. Or some abnormality at birth, or yeah, you know, some giant gingitis, or something like that. Yeah, Probably. yeah. Something genetic. Yeah, something, to, I, I get that. Like with my yeah. research, so it's all like experts are really wishy washy with it. Yeah. Um, so it's called. It's dubbed the giant of Castleno, um, as the bones were found in a cemetery in Casino-le-Lay in France. Um, And that was, certainly from what, I mean, I I knew you were going down this route, so I didn't want to go too far into it in case Mm. we then started, you know, clashing on evidence. But that was one that I found quite interesting, mostly because, and from from what I could see, to this day, it hasn't been disproven or, you know, debunked Mm. and because I did read a few where they'd found these giant bones and they said, you know, it was like a you know a thigh bone or something and it like, must have been a giant human or whatever and they're like, no, it was a, an elephant yeah, <laughs> or a yeah. giraffe or something like that. So I, I read a load that did get yeah. sort of dis- disproved, but uh, no, not this one. No? And it was so long ago, well, this, this, it was quite interesting. I mean, I, I didn't end up writing down all the, the various different uh, ones from North America where they found ne- either near-complete skeletons or whole skeletons yeah, yeah, have, yeah. of uh, humans that, that were reaching at least eight or nine feet so, tall. So I say seven to nine feet was yeah. the, sort of the average, wasn't it, I think, in those ones. Mm. And they were, they were like genetically, uh, anatomically correct In proportion. Well. And, Absolutely, yeah, yeah. in proportion and everything else. Yeah. And, but yeah, my, my research ended up taking me down, because I got to be excited by it. <laughs> I know, I could tell. <laughs> we got the message earlier. <laughs> and and I, I've had, uh, you know, in the interest of time and, and without, you know, going over the same stuff, you know, yeah. so-and-so, mate, found this discovery with this many bones, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, so there is, there is plenty of um, uh, newspaper clippings and stuff from, like, the late 1800s in particular yeah. from North America that, that, that um, record hundreds of incredibly tall skeletons being mm. dug up um, and in a lot of cases being put back in the ground because the natives right. petitioned for it they were saying right. no no this is You've a sacred race you need to yeah. you need to put it back mm. um, uh, but my my research I'll start off with with what I found and that would that will take us over to uh, Patagonia in fact. Oh, okay and yeah. uh, this is a bit historical and I've kind of Stayed very historical with mm. it, um, but I will hit on Patagonia to start off with. What was that? What was that? That was, <laughs> was that you? No, that wasn't. I've not moved. That wasn't that was, me. That wasn't me. I swear to God, that wasn't me. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't move. I just heard a. That was a like knock. Yeah. One. One two. Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. That was weird. That was not me. <laughs> just looking around. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Okay, that was odd. It was weird. Tap once for yes. Time and place. Yeah, yeah, we're not ready for the ghost hunting quite. No, yet. not just yet. No. <laughs> More to come. Yeah, to be continued. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Patagonia. Yes. Um, it's the most southern part of Argentina and Chile. Right. Um, <laughs> that's just what you said in the talk. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> um, yeah, it's the most southern point of. Uh, uh, of Argentina and Chile, and yeah. it, it's stretched from the Andes Mountains over to the Atlantic Ocean. Andy? Andy, yeah. Andy, over there. 
Oh, I am. Oh, yeah, okay. That one. That game's not been popular to get his own mountain. Nah, he's uh, all by himself. Oh, okay. Desolate. <laughs> Desolate. <laughs> he's barren. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this one uh, it starts in fifteen in the fifteen twenties. Yes. And it's uh, Captain Ferdinand Ferdinand Magellan. Okay. And his crew reportedly found a race of giants when they was exploring in the fifteen twenties. Okay. Um, Antonio Pigafetta. They were Portuguese. That's a place. A crew member and chronicler of uh, Magellan's expedition wrote about the encounter. Now, mm. one day, we suddenly saw a naked man mm. of giant stature mm-hmm. on the shore of the port dancing, singing and throwing dust over his head. Right. That's an interesting yeah. view. It's a good start. Our yeah. captain, Magellan, sent one of the men to the giant. What did you do? Come on, boss. You got go. Off you go, mate. <laughs> you go and see what he's about. <laughs> yeah. So that he might perform the same actions as a sign of peace. Do the same sort <laughs> so of So the dance. captain would get naked and <laughs> dance around well, for a dust mate, No, no, not the captain. He sent his mate out to do it. <laughs> oh, he sent the yeah. mate out. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah. Out of your clothes, mate. <laughs> off your pop. Ha, 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 ha. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. So having done that, the man led the giant to where the captain was waiting, and when the giant was in the captain's and our present, he marvelled greatly and made signs with one finger raised upward, believing that we had come from the sky. Which is interesting. Okay, yeah, interesting. He was so tall that we had that we had reached only to his waist, and right. he was well proportioned. Well, that's what she said. <laughs> Oh, we've got we've got nearly forty minutes into it. It's only the second one. Only the second dick joke. That's, I'm disappointed actually. Oh, oh, yeah. we, we let ourselves down. Must try hard. <laughs> she said that's that as well. She said. Oh my! Oh my! And the the captain, you know, Magellan then named these people of this sort Patagoni. Oh, right. Okay. What's quite interesting about the etymology of Patagonia, or Patagonia is that pata means feet. Okay. And gon apparently means big. Right. Okay. So, big if you, yeah, yeah, if you were to take the whole etymology of it, the, the words Patagonia meaning land of the big feet. Wow. I do have a, a, an origin myself now. Yeah, you do indeed. <laughs> Bloody Patagonia. <laughs> don't strip off and start chucking dust above your head, though. No, yeah. it's a too too early yeah. for that. It's a bit too small for this room. <laughs> a bit too close, a bit too... Uh, yeah, a bit too uh, intimate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen you worse, mates. I bet you have. But you're Spain in the 1500s. Yes. Uh, 1597, Sir Francis Drake's ship. Um, mm-hmm. His ship's chaplain, Francis Fletcher wrote about in, um, encountering very tall Patagonian natives as well. Right, okay. So, he says, Magellan was not altogether deceived in naming them giants, for they generally mm-hmm. differ from the common sort of men, both in stature, strength of body, and also in hideousness of their voice. Wow, okay. So, apparently, they, they speak pretty awfully. Right, okay. Uh, in 1590s, William Adams, Englishman on board the Dutch ship, um, ground... Tierra de Fuego uh, reported a hostile encounter between his ship's crew and abnormally and tall and powerful natives. So again, in South America, this is. Um, In 1766, Captain John Byron, um, who had circumnavigated the world in his uh, HMS Dolphin, and he got 
it got out that one of the crew had seen a 10-foot-tall giant in South America. The official count of Byron's voyage um, appeared in 1973, and it recounts, When we came within a little distance from the shore, we saw, as near as I can guess, about 500 people, some on foot, but the greater part on horseback. One of them, who afterwards appeared to be the chief, came towards me. He was of a gigantic stature, and these people named he'd more properly be called giants than tall men. Bloody hell. So, straight up. But yeah, no missing about, just like no, straight to the point. Absolutely. So, and this is what, so we're finding these in South America up until the 1760s. Right. So, and nothing else since. So, like, what happened to these yeah. These people, these these, and what's more concerning is that there were horses big enough to fucking carry them. <laughs> Isn't that right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you get some, you get some big boys as it some is. Some of the shire so. horses, yeah, they're huge. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wouldn't even reach their bloody shoulders for some of them. So they must be jumping on them at the very least. Yeah, there's a minimum. That's, yeah, that's like, like a pony to them. <laughs> exactly. But the, what I find interesting is that nothing since then has come out. Nothing. But it is no. detailed on ancient maps. Yeah. The land of the giants mm. at Patagonia, specifically that part of yeah. South America, is there's always a depiction of giant mm. people, which I think is really weird. I mean, you, you could you could say that maybe they were troglodytes. They could be cave dwellers or something. Yeah. They've had to maybe... Well, it's, yeah, it's believed that they are one of many cryptids that have come from the from the inner the earth cave sort of thing. system yeah basically. and the yeah. inner earth uh, stories is very prominent in the americas as well yeah with the ancient cultures that there are um other races that live mm. within the yeah. earth um yeah. that you know went down there to survive the great flood yeah and they never bothered coming back out oh i wouldn't no i wouldn't <laughs> you stick it up once and be like mm, nope, nope. Go back into that. Yeah. <laughs> but now but. I'm moving on to the stuff that got me really excited. Okay, here we go. Now, this gonna... is a book, a book that I found. Um, right. Quite a number of weeks ago. Um, okay. And I ordered it. You did? And I didn't look at it. No. Until two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. So yeah. I, I speed read through it. Yeah. Um, and it's The Giants of Stonehenge and Ancient Britain by Hugh Newman and Jim Vieira. Okay, just yeah. before we get serious, I, I did. I saw something quite funny um, the other day that basically suggested that the Easter Island heads would like the the head of the giant, and their body basically went all through the earth, and their toes were Stonehenge. <laughs> <laughs> I like that idea. I do like imagine that their, idea. their heads poking out at, yeah, yeah, on yeah. Easter Island. And then their bodies all through the earth, and then their toes whacking great giants. <laughs> <laughs> Tips of their toes pop out. I like that yeah. That's pretty cool. I like that. Well, this um, these two seem to have worked together on yes. previous books and previous uh, publications. Mm. Um, the the one book that I I remember um, uh, mysterious universe reviewing, oh, yeah. and it was uh, giants on record, and that was fascinating. They did that a couple of years ago, I think it was. Um, but then they they realised that during during the like the writing of Giants on Record that they had they couldn't dedicate just one chapter to Giants of Britain, mm. um, so they brought out their own whole book. Um, now, what's quite interesting is the the the, 
the story of it all. So right. Britain, before it became Britain, before it was named Britain by by the Romans, was called Albion. Oh right. Okay. Now, this is something I didn't know. No. Um, now what they say is the megalithic structures in Britain um, are all built by the giants. Now up until yeah. like the the eighteen hundreds, it was just a given. Yeah. That these stone circles and such were all built by the giants. Yeah. Um, now, the actual race of giants themselves, they say, came from lost, sunken lands. Okay. Which was which, an interesting yeah. thing. There's, well, we've covered, we covered something similar way back in the first uh, episode. Indeed. Didn't we? Something very, very similar. To yeah. That. I think um, it seems to be a bit more further afield by what they right. what the authors were maybe suggesting from this was that, that potentially they may have come from a land like Atlantis. Oh, also rather, a natural land rather, under the sea that's been submerged. Well, yeah, well, well for the, going back maybe 10,000 years, mm. more like 12 or 13,000 years, sea levels were 400 metres lower than what they are today. Oh wow! So there's there's huge swathes of land that are mm. now fully submerged that we're not we're not doing any sort of archaeological digs on them mm. or anything like that. We we did speak about Doggerland before, and the yes, Dogger Bank, the one. Yeah. where they're doing trawling and yeah. they're bringing up all these mammoth bones and they're digging yeah. up um, like stone tools and mm. stuff like this. So we know that there yeah. was habitation yeah. in that area. That area, yeah. Thousands of years ago, before the sea levels rose. It was a stretch of land. For those that can't remember back then, it was a stretch of land between West England and France. Which pretty it? much stretched all the way over to Denmark, really. Denmark, well. right, okay, yeah. Yeah, but it yeah. was it was um, a lower land, lower level of what is the, the continent of Europe. Yeah. But it basically joined Britain to Europe at that time. So the channel didn't exist at that point. Yeah, basically, yeah. Just a, just a pissy little river. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Could easily swim across that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can't do that anymore. No. Not easily, anyway. No, definitely not. Um, so, there are hundreds of records of massive bones being found across Britain as well. Yeah. <laughs> That's what she said. Found one in particular. <laughs> <laughs> now, oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. So, Britain <laughs> itself. Um, or Albion, should I say, yeah. um, is said to have been um, founded by the giants of Albion. Right. Now, Albion itself was the son of Poseidon. So we get yeah. a little bit Greek okay. on this. Um, and Albion was supposed to be the bringer of knowledge and technology. Right, okay. So it, this also follows a similar sort of uh, mythology to um, Prometheus, um, to Lucifer, the light bringer. Mm. You know, that he... Is the, the the bringer of light, knowledge, mm. yeah. and technology, um, which is why he's the devil. Indeed, <laughs> Mrs. Boucher gets involved again. <laughs> yes, um, but what I found is that there's also another story to it. Right. And um, this is uh, comes from the Greek source from like the fourteen hundreds, which comes from earlier sources. So they say that um, I can't remember who it was that. that I didn't write their name down of the, this source from the 1400s, but it came from an earlier source from that, even still. Right, okay. And it's of Albina and her right. sisters. Now, Albina was... Um, she was a princess of a king from, the, from Israel. 
I think, and it came at the time of judgment from um, Jeff Faces. I think oh, I'm probably making that. I'm okay. probably defacing that name. Um, but basically, they were judged. Right. Her and her sisters, and um, they were cast out of Israel. Right. Okay. Um, she had thirty three sisters, so Wowzers. this king was. Uh, we're putting it about a bit. Yeah. People would have a harem, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, and they, they were cast out of Israel and they came to this island and they decided to call it Albion. Right. In okay. name of Albina, the, right. the eldest sister. Okay. Now, it's said as well that um, the devil took the form of man right. and dwelt among these wicked women. Okay. And we all know what dwelt yeah, among them means, don't worry. Yeah. We all know what dwelt among them means. <laughs> yes. And uh, in turn, they created giants and giantesses out of this marriage, out of this okay. union yeah. of these human women yeah. and this devil yeah. or this fallen angel. Yeah. And it ties in very, ties very in. closely yeah. with that idea of the watchers mating with the, the, humans. the women of, of, yeah. of men. Um, and they multiplied and they occupied the land for a very, very long time mm. until Brutus conquered them and drove them out. Now, Brutus was um, defeated in the Trojan War and with his exile he sailed to Britain um, and in order to conquer Britain yeah. he had to take out all the giants. Now we know that, that Brutus did come here because he founded um, Troia Nued or New Troy okay. which became uh, Trinovantum right. which then became London. Oh, so this okay. was the founding of London, and it was called Trinovantum. Wow. Okay. And it was in uh, 47 AD that King Lud changed the name from Trinovantum to basically Lud Town. Lud Town, right. Lud okay. Town, and then eventually it became London. Right. Okay. So that was a little... Interesting. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, that. I didn't know about that. I knew that <clears throat> London had a, a very rich history. Mm. But I didn't know that... You went that far back. No, I didn't know that it went back for, as far as Brutus. Yeah. Uh, the Trojan War and all that. Um, but Lovely. in between the time of Albina getting to the British Isles and Brutus getting to the British Isles, it seemed like it was anywhere between four to 600 years. Now, it seems like, based on the, 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 the story, the mythology of it, yeah. is that Albina and her sisters, um, they were cast out of Israel for being a bit too horny. Okay. They were a bit promiscuous. Right, so, yeah. um, and they remained promiscuous. And because there was no other people on this land, right. they would mate with their sons and their nephews. So there's this... Ah, yeah. <laughs> okay. <coughs> okay. <laughs> it's getting a little bit Game of Thrones. It is. <laughs> yeah. But if you can imagine it, for anywhere between four to six hundred years of, of giant interbreeding mm. as well so yeah. these giants were interbreeding with themselves and as we know where interbreeding comes in they their IQ drops a little bit yeah. don't they so it's that idea of the dumb lumbering yeah. Yeah. hulks yeah. that are stupid they don't know anything etc mm. etc et now it turns out as well that People like they, they often went, well, how did Brutus take over a land full of giants? Mm. And the little people, how the hell did he do it? Mm. Well, it turns out in that four to six hundred years, there was a civil war between these giants, and okay. ended up only being twenty four of them left, and they were they their home was Cornwall. And that makes it, sense. All the inbreeding. <gasps> <gasps> how dare you? Hold. 
dare you? How dare you? <laughs> but there's a, there's a really famous um, giant from Cornwall called Gog Magog. Oh yeah, 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 yeah I've heard of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. so Gog Magog was one of those last, um, those last, the last of his kind yeah. something. Yeah, I've and for a long it, yeah. time that people thought that he was about twelve foot tall. Yeah. But actually, at the time of Brutus being able to measure the size yeah. of these people, um, they used cubits. So twelve cubits yeah. would yeah. equate to eighteen to twenty feet tall. Mm. And he, apparently, he was so large and so strong that he could uproot an oak tree and use it as a wand. Or a cricket bat. A cricket bat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See you One. later. <laughs> yeah, bye bye now. Incredible. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. Now, that's nuts. This is like the, the, the legend of the, the British giants and, and such. And it seems yeah. like um, just for the longest time, people just mm. took that as gospel. Yeah. Um, now, I've got one of the earliest depictions of Stonehenge, right? Okay. Now, this is, uh, it's got a name. It's Le Roman de Brut by a poet. It's Wace. That's how it's spelled. W A C E. I'm probably saying yeah, it wrong. Yes. And it's circa 1155. Tell me what that shows you. It looks like a giant is building Stonehenge. It looks like a giant <laughs> building Stonehenge. And in that we do. We have a giant. We have uh, Merlin. Oh, and okay. we have King Ambrosius. Right. That. Okay. Um, now Merlin has a very very tight tight tie to the whole giant mythology the giant legend right um, now the history of kings of Britain which mm. was written by Geoffrey Monmouth in 1136 right he ties this in really really closely with Arthur Arthurian tales yeah as well and yeah. it speaks heavily of giants in this particular mm -hmm. telling of, of the story itself yeah now Merlin was said to have constructed and relocated a massive stone monument in honour of the 460-plus slain warriors who were defeated by Hingust, Hingust the Saxon, by orders of King Aurelius. So wow. it seems like there was a great big invasion of the land yeah. and King Aurelius slaughtered a load of them. Um, in a load the, of these giants? Yes. Right. So the in stone, the 12th century... So Stonehenge is possibly a giant memorial mm. in both senses of the word. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, it, this is where this is where it gets a bit strange because it seems like um, based on a twelfth century source, which is copied from earlier sources. Again, it's yeah. like they find these scrolls and they go, "Oh, I'll, I'll translate." I'll make that. a note of that. Yeah, I'll translate yeah. that. Um, it claims that the giants that the, the giants transported the stones from Africa, but we wow. know the blue stones come from um, they come from around Liverpool way. Right, okay. So we know that they come from a quarry up near Liverpool, the blue stones, but the large stones, I don't think we've actually been able to find exactly where they come from. That's interesting. Well, because you'd probably have to take a chunk of them off to yeah. test it, wouldn't you, I guess? Now, I've got another picture to show you. Right, okay. This picture is old photos of the Trilithon near Tripoli in Libya. Now, tell the listeners what that looks like. <laughs> I mean, that, yeah, that basically looks like a carbon copy of Stonehenge. the Stonehenge as we know it now yeah. in its in its size, yeah. Yeah. Right in Libya. In wow. Libya. That is almost exactly the same. Yes. That's just outside of Tripoli. And you can tell it's an actual black and white photo. It's a very old photo it, yeah. as well. Very old. And we'll put we'll put this on the, the socials as well so yeah. you guys can see all these photos as well. Yeah. But 
or to see Callum's reaction to yeah, this as well as we went along. Yeah. But it seems like as well that along with all of these stories of the giants as well, they they seem to have um, access to magic and mm. access to technologies that the humans didn't seem to really understand. So it may have seemed that that them carrying the stones from Africa is maybe a bit of an allegory, maybe a bit of symbolism because right. They could only the, the translations could only use the language that they had and the references that they had right then. Right. Same okay. way we do. If we yeah, were to yeah. find an ancient, the way we're looking at the Book of Enoch. Yeah. Uh, you look at the Book of Enoch, you go, well, that's a flying saucer. Yeah. And you call a silver moon coming down to the earth. You know. Yeah. That that's a flying saucer. It's a, yeah. All day long. Yeah. So yeah. when you they they use the language that they had available to them. Yeah. But it yeah. seems more likely that because they possess this magic and such that allowed them to mould the stones. Right. So they used heat and liquefying of the rock to build massive structures. Now, we've got legends all the way across the world. Um, you think about Machu Picchu in Peru. Mm. They've got these, uh, what they call them, um, polygonal uh, stone walls. Right. And if you do look at pictures of them, yeah. the gaps between the stones, you can't even put a razor blade in them. They're that tight. There's no right. mortar. Yeah. The rocks are put together. Just be, yeah seemingly carved mm. now the idea is there was um, it was a French uh, material scientist his name escapes me but he basically says that these monuments were made out of um, a poly cement so they right. were they were made out of they basically they were poured they weren't built and he includes the Great Pyramids with this as well that the Great Pyramids right. weren't cut and dragged but they were poured in place Exactly where they needed right. to be, which is interesting. It's a phenomenal. So, con- so essentially, concrete was poured into these giant shapes, which left us with what we now know is, as yeah. the, the pyramids, for example. But there's also, the- there's also um, the, the technology itself. There are loads of, because um, I'm going to digress a little bit with this, but there are loads of pictures from um, North Africa, mm. um, upper. Sahara of yeah. rocks that look like they've got like scoop marks out of them, and it's right. not erosion because it's too yeah it, 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 it's, it's too uniform yeah it's too uniform for it to be that to be that yeah. way it's like they were scooped out like they were slid off so there was a way of 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 liquefying or softening the rock in order to mould it in a certain way, right. which is mind blowing. <laughs> That's nuts. Yeah. Absolutely mind blowing. And yeah. when you take into account the idea that. Albion, the mm. giant Albion, was supposed to be the bringer of knowledge and technology. Yeah. I mean, further on into this book, they, they, they detail essentially weapons. So there's things like, um, there's, there's a little callback to a giant that has a giant eye that essentially fires a laser beam out of it. Right. So <laughs> actual cyclops. An actual, <laughs> well, not, technically not a cyclops, but... Just one giant eye. Something that is placed upon a tower. Ah. Oh, yeah, now you know where I'm going. Eye, this. Know you're going a giant now. eye yeah. that's placed upon a tower that moves with gears and cogs that fired um, a beam of light that would set anything on fire. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm dropping, I'm dropping a lot of stuff from this book because this yeah, book yeah. was just like mind blowing. Yeah. And I'm probably absolutely butchering exactly what comes out of this book. But. <laughs> Because I, I just skimmed through it, I was like, oh, right. crap, make a note of that, holy crap, yeah, yeah. make a note of that. Absolutely brilliant. But I want to get back to 
the giants that were said to have built Stonehenge, and they are the uh, Kanjik giants. Okay. And they are said to be the ancient race that are said to have built um, Stonehenge, and they were warriors. Right. And they were um, said to also be slightly ethereal. Okay. Now, there's a book that um, came out in 1666, and it's by Reverend Robert Gay. And he believed. <laughs> Sorry, I knew you. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Oh, nothing. Well, no, no. Do you want to elaborate on that? At all? No, I'll leave it there. Okay. I think <laughs> we all know what I'm laughing at. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Now he believes, Reverend Robert, believes that Stonehenge was built by these old Britons. So. And they were said to be a semi-divine warrior race, much of much larger people, and they're said to be very, very different from the new or current Britons. So right, okay. it's almost like um, when the humans started coming over and they mm. started actually interacting over here, mm. like they are the new Britons. The old Britons, they were the ones before the Druids. The, the sort of the, the natives or the aboriginals, if you like. Exactly. And they were said to be of much larger stature than us. Right. Um... Now, the Canic Giants are related to a discovery that's made in, in 1191 mm. at Glastonbury Abbey. Right. <laughs> okay. And they were, this discovery was made by the monks, and they said that they followed the miraculous signs, and they don't say exactly what those miraculous signs were, mm. to a spot that was set between these two 26-foot-tall pyramids. They existed right. in the 1100s. Don't think they exist now, no. because I think we'd know if there was you two pyramids in yeah. Glastonbury. Yeah. Um, but they were said to have existed at this point. Now, when they, dis when they found these signs and sent them to this spot, they consulted with King Henry II, um, who said that he had some secret knowledge about that location that's been passed down through the royal lineage. Now... What they found out, he decided to, okay, well, you found this, i let you in on it. It's said to be the burial ground of King Arthur. That spot in particular. Right? <laughs> right. Now, this is where it gets really interesting. Yeah. So the, monk, the monks decided to dig down, and when they got to approximately seven feet, they found a lead cross with a Latin inscription on it. <clears throat> Have a go. Go on. <laughs> Hic jacet sepultus. Inclitus Rexus Arturius in Insula Avalonia. Impressive. Right there, yeah, you've done alright. Yeah, I've just summoned a demon somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that translates to here lies the famous King Arthur on the Isle of Avalon. And so they okay. continue to dig and they dug a only, little bit deeper. Just to interject, go, my, go for it. My only scepticism yep. with that is at that point. He wouldn't have been that famous. Exactly. So. Well, unless you're you suggesting about the actual, you thinking about the quest for the Holy Grail, the book, the story, the quest for the Holy Grail that in, encompassed King Arthur, which mm. was written by a Frenchman, wasn't it? Mm. And that was, when was that written? Oh, for God, <laughs> no idea. <laughs> no idea. Absolutely well, no idea. Well, if it was the twelfth century. It wasn't published by Penguin, I know that, so it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't recent. Yeah. It was published by Penguin. <laughs> yeah, so it was a much earlier source then. Exactly, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a, little, there's a little bit of contention about the actual finding of the cross itself. Right, okay. Um, 
because uh, they just recently the abbey had burned down at that point uh-huh. and obviously they they were broke <laughs> so they needed uh-huh. they needed to attract right people okay. in to rebuild the abbey to rebuild it yeah so there is a bit of bone of contention with regards okay. to the actual finding of this iron cross yeah however they okay. definitely did find at about 18 feet below the surface right an oak coffin solid oak coffin that inside held a skeleton that was nine feet tall right a full skeleton okay. that was nine feet tall so we're suggesting that Arthur was a, a, a giant a gigante <laughs> Maybe. a gigante a gigante <laughs> so the possibility it's a wow. possibility and apparently there was also a female skeleton there too that had blonde hair that just disintegrated when they touched it so right seemingly incredibly ancient mm. burial right there so there might be a little bit of truth to the story of King Arthur oh, King Arthur wow then you know and not only that but he was a sodding giant as well sodding giant yeah but also what I found again in that area right um, there seems to be there was um, an island village um, called Godney and okay. archaeological digs um, over time they've, they've come across these various giant bows that's seven foot long so like a long bow but mm. obviously a hell of a lot bigger just longer a longer bow yeah absolutely <laughs> and I'll, I'll show you a picture of it and this gentleman in it Cyril Lilly is um, six foot four so he's not far off of what you so are so he's mate. not yeah alright look at the size of that bow bloody hell yeah now these bows were found in like layers of black peat so they've been incredibly well preserved so mm. much so that they're pretty much pristine and in perfect condition yeah even the carvings on the bows are you can they're detailed right um and they're completely fully intact like i said they're seven foot tall and these bows can't be used by regular sized men the no, poundage on that would be ridiculous they're too cumbersome yeah exactly you the, know the about drawer archery. on that would have to be a machine <laughs> absolutely yeah i mean look he's only pulling it back a, a yeah, touch there's hardly any tension on that so, def- yeah. we wouldn't have yeah. the, the the lateral muscles for it we wouldn't have, have the, the arm stand for yeah. it just wouldn't happen yeah. however it would fit someone who is eight or nine feet tall at the very least wow that's nuts it's interesting <laughs> and that, that that gentleman there he's yeah he's, he's the same height height too, so about my height yeah yeah, you guys will get to see that on the socials as well. So yeah, we'll post we'll that out yeah. so you'll know exactly what we're talking about. Mm. Um, but it isn't just bows that, that have been found in archaeological digs um, across the UK. Various different um, huge swords, axes, hammers. They've been found in all sites across and they're, they're sharp and they're functional. Oh, wow. Um, even like, think about like, um, like the Scottish claymores. Those, those huge claymore swords. And mm. there's been some that are like seven foot tall and you think yeah. how can you hold that and swing it yeah. how can a man yeah even a six foot man yeah. swing that about on a battlefield yeah he couldn't no but a bloke that was maybe a bit taller mm. double the size maybe 12 13 yeah. feet yeah no problem no swing, problem, up, yeah. swing that around like a yeah like a cat of nine tails maybe. i don't know <laughs> yeah. but um but yeah so this is the thing though that's like what i said about the experts being really wishy-washy so with these large weapons yeah they're just said to be ceremonial right okay. I was just yeah. oh it's a large axe it's a ceremonial axe that's okay. a large sword or ceremonial because you'd, you'd need to build it that big yeah for ceremony wouldn't yeah. 
Well, you'd still build it in proportion, wouldn't you? Well, unless you're compensating. If it was for, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the, the Ferrari of the, uh, <laughs> Ferrari of the, the weapon world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so like, I found that to be really, really interesting. Um, That's really interesting, man. Yeah, I mean, especially the Arthurian stuff as well. But what I will end on is this. It's the top ten yeah, largest skeletons yeah. found in the UK. Now, okay. I'm going to show you this as well. You right. might be a bit shocked. Have a look at that, mate. And I'll start with number 10. Okay, yeah. Now this one comes out of Wales and it's seven foot. So two seven feet tall skeletons in a burial with hazel down dowsing rods were unearthed at the base of the Kadir Idris of Kadir Idris in Wales in 1685 by peat diggers. The mountain is the mythical home of Idris Gore the giant Idris, who was one of three holy astronomers of Britain and was also a renowned king who ruled in the 6th century. So he's at seven foot tall. Number nine is St Michael's Mount in Cornwall, at eight feet wow. tall. Yeah. An eight foot tall skeleton was discovered in the early 1800s at St Michael's Mount inside a narrow dungeon cut in a solid rock, which is now the crypt below the chapel. Ancient myths talk of Camoran, the giant who was killed by Jack of the Jack the Giant Killer. So maybe. Wow, so Jack. Jack and the, the Giant. Book's actually. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, number eight is Lundy Island in Devon, eight foot seven inches tall. In eighteen fifty six, two skeletons were discovered in the south part of the island. One was eight foot five inches, and the other one was eight foot seven inches. They were buried in stone lined graves with several other average sized skeletons. In old legends, rock-wielding giants, who were masters of sorcery, were said to be buried there, who, and I quote, were driven there from bases in Cornwall, and that they angrily hurled rocks back at the mainland. Now, ancient stories and legends talk about two giants that mm. um, casually reformed the land mm. using geomancy. Mm. And the way they would do it was they would hurl rocks at each other. And the other one, another a slight twist on that particular tale is they very much like Thor, they would throw a hammer in straight lines. So they'd be doing their to work. To break them up as they throw it? Or no, no, but they'd be doing their work, but then they'd, once they'd finished, they'd chuck it in a straight line to wherever the other giant was, and the other giant would hear it, and he'd catch it. And it turns out that a lot of these legends of giants mm. and, and the locations of them yeah. sit on um, ley lines. These energy lines, these energy lay grids. Lines again. Yeah. yeah, lay lines again. So they, they sit on these lines and they would say that it'd be from one town to another and mm. that on in a direct straight line, that is exactly on the same ley line. So number That's seven, yeah. Glastonbury Abbey, the one I've just spoken about, nine foot tall. Um, so I've already gone over that. The remains of King Arthur. Yeah, but, uh, supposedly. <laughs> supposedly. Supposedly. Wouldn't that be so cool, though? That'd be awesome. That'd be so yeah. cool. Number six comes from Orkney at ten foot tall. So this is a major megalithic tomb on the mainland of Orkney in Scotland, dating to around 2800 BC. In 1861, it was reported that the ten foot tall skeleton and two mummies were found inside. Another account from 1529 reveals that a 14 foot skeleton was also unearthed in the area, although this could be the same find. Right. So, number five is Glenelg Brock in Scotland at 11 feet tall. 
at the 2000 year old Dun Telvebrock in Glen. <laughs> in Glenelg. A bit too Donkey! <laughs> Two remarkable skeletons were discovered, one approximately eight and a half feet, and the other one almost 11 feet tall. This is uh, one of many stone towers found in Scotland, and the local area was known as the Field of Big Men. Wow, okay. Number four is in County Mayo, Ireland, at 12 foot six inches. The famous St. Patrick may have been the first ever archaeologist, and whilst digging up ancient graves, he discovered an over 12 foot long skeleton of an ancient warrior in a long barrow in Ireland. Also in the tomb was a huge axe and gigantic sword. But St. Patrick dispersed the bones, as any good Christian would, Absolutely. <laughs> and ancient weaponry after trying to save the soul of the pagan giant and apparently sent him to heaven. So he had good right, intentions. Okay. Yeah, yeah um, as they all do. St. Patrick was uh, known for driving the snakes out of Ireland. Right, okay. Yeah, there's no snakes I thought we just drank Guinness. Is that, is that the same one? <laughs> I think it's... Or, or am I getting confused? Could, could have been that one. <laughs> yeah, the snakes were uh, pagans. He drove the pagans out of uh, okay. One of those, right. Mm -hmm. There's no snakes. No, there's no snakes at all. Sadly, yeah. Number three. Then we're in the top three people. <clears throat> St. Bees in Cumbria. 13 foot 6 inches. In the early 1800s, Hugh Hodgson dug up a nearly 14-foot-tall giant in cornfields in St. Bees, Cumbria. The skeleton still had full armour, a huge sword, an axe, measuring over two yards long. Bloody hell. The finds were distributed between the local villagers. Number two, Stonehenge, Wiltshire, 14-foot-10 inches. In the early 1500s, Sir Thomas Elliot, author, diplomat and scholar, reported on a 14-foot-10-inch skeleton found a few miles south of Stonehenge. Also, in a huge oak coffin, was an ancient book with mysterious inscriptions upon it. In 1719, a 9-foot-4 skeleton was found in a mound nearby. The earliest recorded name of Stonehenge is the Giant's Dance. Right, okay. And in the legend, the stone circle is said to have been built by a tribe called the Kanjik Giants. Yeah, you mentioned earlier, yeah. Now, this is the, this is the Mac Daddy. Yeah. This is Core Giant. Core Giant? Core Giant. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> so, Core Giant in Northumberland at 21 feet. Wowzers. In 1660, the remains of a stunning skeleton was unearthed at Corbridge, near a section of Hadrian's Wall. It was said mm -hmm. to have measured 21 feet long, and in the early 1800s, another skull was found nearby of immense size. The rib of the giant ended up at Keswick Museum in Cumbria, where other colossal skulls and bones are kept. Wow. Well, from Cumberland, here we come. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, road trip. Why do we not know about it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, everyone you know, obviously knows or think they know, particularly about Stonehenge. You now I'll go with that one because it's the most recognisable out of the list. Yeah. But yeah, there's just all these you know theories that are kind of thrown at you as to you know why it was built and how it was built and you know and all this sort of thing. We don't know but for sure. No this one is the thing. sort of knows for sure. But when they find things like this, buried around it or or, mm -hmm. or beneath it. You got to think, like, well, even Stonehenge right now, 
is only what we think it looks like. So we've actually reconstructed it to what I've we think what, it looks yeah. like. Now this it's is just, it's just rows and rows of stone circles, isn't it? For technically, mile, a couple few mile radius or yeah, something. Yeah, like miles. Um, yeah, potentially, and yeah. With the, they're finding that the stone Stonehenge site is much much bigger mm. than we originally we've thought left. it to be. Yeah. But within this book um, that I've been reading, the purpose of Stonehenge was basically to be a healing bath. So the idea right. was that these stones are of, of healing quality. So the blue stones in particular are supposed to be of healing quality. There's lots of people right. in the, the New Age circles and such. There are people right. that have... Is that um, why people get naked and... Hold hands. Oh no, that's mushrooms. Around it or, oh, that's mushrooms. <laughs> that's drugs. <you> go. <laughs> that's drugs. Okay. That's all the psilocybin. Mate. That's what that is. Got nothing to do with the stones. <laughs> but no, no. Honestly, though, that's yeah. that's one of the things that they've been saying about all these various different stone circles. So the idea of Stonehenge, according to um, the, the 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 book by uh, Newman and Vieira, is that it was supposed to be uh, like a sickness bath. So when they were when they were sick, they would spend some time within this. They'd bathe, and the stones would absorb the illness. So, right. this supposedly is supposed to be the purpose of these stone circles, which is a question that keeps coming up from from James, our, our Patreon. Yeah, like, yeah. What is what are these stone circles? What are yeah. they about? Where how are they made? And it well, seems... there, was, there were others near what we know as Stonehenge. There are others that they found. Hinges. Not that far mm. from. Well, like, I've been, been to same... Woodhenge as well, yeah. which is um, just a, I think a mile or two north mm. of, of of Stonehenge itself. And luckily enough, me and Sam have been able to visit both. Mm. And Stonehenge itself is incredible. The, the, it's such a strange feeling, mm. such a strange feeling when you're just on these rolling hills and everything, and there's almost nothing around you. And like even the the, the guide was saying to us, we've got trees dotted all over the place. He said, well. Supposedly, when this was built, there was no trees. It was just an open plain. So it's just out there in by itself on these rolling hills. Mm. The wind was not kicking into us. It was, it was like the sound was just reverberating. If you stand right in the middle, mm. the sound reverberates around you. It's incredible, absolutely incredible That's feeling nice. being yeah. there. But it's what I like about what these guys have put forward is that potentially, yeah, it's it could have been poured and built. Mm. You know that yeah. these giant stones might actually be of a polymer cement, rather than an actual stone that's carved and like natural stone. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Man made, as opposed to natural or giant made or giant made. <laughs> you know. Yeah. We've been saying this for quite a while. It seems like we have lost the ability to recognise a different technology. Mm. You know that maybe we had access to technologies mm. that we. That we've just now gone down a completely different path with. So yeah. we had the potential of building with all these natural materials mm. that we're just choosing not to do anymore. Yeah. You know, we're we're Maybe because we weren't we're not fourteen feet tall, we can't There's always that. <laughs> we can't <laughs> adequately shape it. Or, There's always that. You know. But yeah, I've I was just I found that book and I I've I haven't even covered half of what that book has to say. So Blimey. if you guys do want to go and have a look at it, I suggest that you do. And it's The Giants of Stonehenge and Ancient Britain by Hugh Newman and Jim Vieira. Um, stunning. Mm. Stunning book. Um, some brilliant theories putting forward. They've taken all of the mythology and legend that surrounds the British Isles yeah. and 
they've been able to put it in such a concise way, so much better than what I've, I've been able to do today. Because <laughs> yeah. I've just gone, no, words no, vomit. It's been good, yeah. Yeah, it's been really intriguing. Like, um, some of it I didn't even, didn't even know. Yeah. Yeah, and, he's, and uh, it also ties in with those legends of the watches and the yeah. children of men becoming giants as yeah. well with Albina and her sisters mm. and you know the devil dwelling within them and, yeah, exactly, and everything yeah. else like that. So, yeah, it's an interesting one. Very much so. so yeah, very much so. Yeah, thanks for bringing that with, uh, to us. Yeah. With all of that, yeah. <laughs> what's what's the word, man? How are you getting off the fence? <laughs> I, I think, as as I've said before, I think in other episodes, you know, it's not. I don't think it's a case of coming off the fence. You know, I think the. I think the evidence is there and speaks for itself. Mm. I mean, you can choose to believe it or, or not. I, you know, I guess that's up to you. Because the, the number one question that we'll get now from mm. anyone that's listened to this is, well, okay, where can I go and see these skeletons? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, that's, and that'd be a fair question. It'd be to, a fair question. Ask. Yeah, and as we've, you know, uncovered, you know, in, in this episode, you know, there are some museums around the country that are holding parts of you know, these mm. skeletons, but, you know, I guess getting off the fence, I'd start off with, you know, I, I, I believe it. Um, you know, we've got real world evidence, you know, we've got skeletons, we've got locations, we've got years and dates of when they were found. You know, we've, we've got texts from, you know, thousands and hundreds, hundreds of thousands of years ago yeah. that reference their existence and interactions and, you know, descriptions and everything else. You know, I mean, I, I didn't even go over you know, the story that everyone knows of David and Goliath. Yeah, I was expecting you to go over yeah. that, but... Yeah, well, yeah. I, I, I didn't, mostly because to. everyone kind of knows, you know, sort of what it is, but it's believed that, you know, that he was... The, the Goliath was, was only, I say only, was only like 12 feet, 12 feet tall. Mm. So he wasn't the, the, you know, the giant or Goliath that pop culture has, uh, you know, allowed you to, you know, refer to it as being, you know, 30, 40, 50... Yeah. feet tall or whatever like an absolute monster he was just a, a t- he was just a tall humanoid well, you know? seems to be and, and, and that's and that was that's from in, um, uh, translations of you know things like you know Genesis and, and other religious yeah. texts that they've kind of deciphered that that's how tall and that's know, the interesting part of it as well yeah. is that, that all these various different ancient texts have gone through various stages of translations Yes. Well, as the language has evolved and everything, and yeah. it seemed like the point that we made before is that they can only refer to the language that they've got of that day as well. Yes. So it's limited by their own sort of language at mm. that point, but then, yeah, as language and everything else progresses, you know, and, and you know, people are able to, you know, look at these texts and say, so actually, they, they thought it meant this, but actually, it's more likely to mean this because of the time period or the region or mm. their, how educated they were or, you know, whatever it might be, you know. so things are, you know, are kind of ever-changing, um, you know, and, and so reading or, or sort of listening to you speak about that stuff and then thinking back about, you know, what I read about the, the David and Goliath tale, hmm. again, there's, there's actually, there's probably more to that than just no doubt. a religious text or, you know, a fairy tale or whatever. That it, it, probably, it probably did happen. There'll quite likely be some sort of anthropologist that will have actually taken the time to research it as well and, yeah. and actually look at the various different mm. uh, 
language that's being used within the original Hebrew text. Yeah. So it's taking out all of that King James stuff, all of the various yeah. different translations that have mm. come since then, going straight back to the original source. Back to the, yeah, exactly. And taking yeah. it from that. So, yeah, that Absolutely. would be really interesting. What, you know, because like, um, like we said before, they were using cubits, not feet. And yeah. cubits are, you know, they're larger than feet. Mm. You know, so... Um, I think it was uh, Gog Magog, wasn't it? That yeah. They said there was supposed to be 12 feet tall, but it would have been 12 cubits, which would have made him 18, 19, yeah. 20 feet tall. Yeah. Fucking huge. Which, based on you know skeletons that have actually been found in that area, mm. again, lends itself to the fact that yeah. that particular one actually... But the thing, you know, the thing that I do find um, really worrying about it, though, is... Now, I'm going to sound conspiratorial here. Yeah. Is... It seems like these things are hidden, like mm. we're not being told about it. It's not in in the zeitgeist. It's it, it's something you're that we've had to go and find ourselves. Yeah. Now it may we've had to look within stories and allegory and mm. everything else in order to find yeah. some sort of truth. Mm. Now we all know that as well that with with stories comes an element of truth as well yeah because it has to come from something exactly yeah. so it's even like this idea that um, science fiction pre is a precursor to science fact yeah you know yeah. so when you take that into account those are stories that come in before the real science so why mm. are we why would it not work the other way around why would mm. you know we'd not get these stories yeah. before we've made these discoveries mm. you know yeah. why, why would that not be the case yeah and, then, and a lot of people are so quick to just yeah, it's all it's all just uh, fairy tales yeah, and stories yeah, and everything. But I've, well, certainly I know with regards to the the North American um, skeletons that are being found, the ones that are not being returned to the ancient burials, mm. it's a lot of people, a lot of archaeologists out there, yeah. out in North America, are suggesting mm. that maybe the the Smith Smithsonian have them in their vaults, have bought them up, yeah, um, locked them away. Mm. Um, because there's, there's, something, the there's something strange <laughs> happening with regards to archaeology in North America. Yeah. Um, they're not allowing digs below 13,000, 14,000 years. Mm. They're not allowing it. They're not sanctioning it. Mm. Like they're saying, no, 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 this is all we need to know. Mm. No digging any further. Yeah. That's all we need to know. Because that, that, yeah, yeah. no, that fits with the, with the story. Yeah, right exactly. Now. Yeah. That, you know, humans went from... Um, Siberia over the the Bering Strait, the land bridge that is now there. Mm. Um, it was no longer there really, but it was there, um, and they came into North America through that way. But yeah. the genetics are now saying mm. genetics is, is is saying that no, that's not the case. There's people in South America that have been there before the North Americans. Yeah, like how does how mm. does that work? Yeah, you know, but it doesn't fit in with the current narrative. Doesn't fit with the narrative. Story. Yeah, exactly. So again, yeah. the idea like of the giants coming in. And there is a bit of a battle between science and religion, you know, yeah, the, the, the old books and such, and yeah. science does want to go, well, no, that's just, that's just stories, it's all just mm. stories. So when evidence does arise that, or maybe there were beings here yeah. that were detailed like the Nephilim, yeah. or like the Yoga from mm. the Norse mythologies, yeah. you know, or just, just plain up giants. Yeah. But it doesn't fit in with the current scientific yeah. It doesn't fit in with what we want narrative. to know and believe, so we're going to... Yeah. Wash that, and we're going to tell you that it's not true, or yeah. it's just it's like this whole theory of evolution yeah. and such. You know, yeah. it doesn't work for yeah. us because we we don't we haven't found that missing link. Mm. We seem to have been this way for about three hundred thousand years, mm. supposedly. We don't know what came before that. Mm. We don't know how we got to this point. 
Yeah. And but everyone well, where we came from. Exactly. <laughs> or, yeah, or where we came from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we've got the, so so that's the scully just turned up, we'll yeah. have to go. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we've got no sound bite or soundboard or anything like that, so I've had to whistle that. We had to whistle that, yeah. <laughs> I'll try and get it for post production. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like yeah, I know I'm putting on the conspiracy conspiratorial hat but yeah. it seems like these things are are being hidden but it's, a, but it's only conspiracy because other people are not likely to believe it there's nothing to say that it can't be as true as what anyone else has exactly. sort of come up with because there's just as much evidence to suggest any of it mm. it just depends on what you choose to believe as a as a, a narrative and i think the more we do these things the more evidence that we find whether it be from religious texts or literature or you know, whatever it may be, mm. it, it seems to all point in you know, the same direction and it's, it unearths the same thing. It's building a much, much bigger picture in every episode that we do, that we find yeah. a, an episode like this, yeah. where it's got a large amount of stories about archaeological digs mm. and things going missing yeah. or, you know, not being put in museums correctly yeah. or anything or like at that. All. Or yeah. at all. Or just yeah. being distributed by a <coughs> saint because yeah. he wishes to save the soul of the pagan, the filthy yeah. pagan. Um, you know, it's like that seems to be the current narrative that, yeah. that the, the people shouldn't know exactly where they come from because I, I guarantee you, mate, the moment we find out exactly where we come from, we're not going to be selling our time to some geezer that makes a load of money off of our time. Mm. We're just going to, okay, well, well, what's the meaning of life then? Yeah. We're going to pursue that, you know, <laughs> then all things cease. Mm. And I can, so I can understand why. It'd be a bit of a reset, wouldn't it? It'd be a huge reset. Mm. I mean, it would be complete and utter chaos. It would oh, actually be carnage, yeah. utter chaos. It'd be extinction. And that's when, that's when the theory of evolution will really kick in. Because yeah. then Darwinism would kick the in. The weak and the strong. Yeah. And the, yeah, smart and the brave. And, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it won't be any of this trying to keep the workforce... Hunt will be hunted sort of thing. Yeah. Exactly. You know, real proper chaos theory. Mm. And it'll be mob mentality everywhere. So you can understand why if there was an actual solid... Um, origin mm. and they already know it yeah. say they the powers that be yeah. <laughs> yeah. know what we are oh, there are people alive from. today that know all of this and the truth and what really happened at certain times and you know whatever else it's just that we're not privy to said information we're, no. not, we're because, not on the right payroll because yeah exactly because we'd go mm. oh, well then there's no point in me yeah. doing what I'm doing now yeah. Yeah. is there you know I might as well continue and try and reach a better point in humanity yeah, yeah. you know it's like the idea of this uh, the great awakening which mm. seems to be a, a, a phrase that's being coined a lot yeah. lately um and it makes sense because there's such thing you know the, the i believe it's the eastern um mysticisms they they believe that the the cycles are yugas so they are they call them yugas and they're cycles of cycles of ages so when you also take into account like the Mayan calendar, mm. they said that the end of the world was going to be in 2012. Well, that's a little bit wrong because it's not the end of the world, it's the end of an age. End of an age, And yeah. the age itself is supposed to, the end of the age is supposed to last for about 60 years, according to other tales from other cultures where it interlinks. Right. Mm. So according to Eastern mysticism, we are within the Kali Yuga, so the age of destruction. Right, okay. And that yeah. makes perfect makes sense, perfect doesn't sense, it? Yeah. Makes perfect sense that we're in the age of destruction right now. But we're coming toward yeah. the end of it. Yeah. So the the idea is that those in, in the circles with 
regards to like the new age and mm. the mysticisms and the spirituality and such, they very much believe that, okay, we're coming toward the end of the Kali Yuga, so the Great Awakening is going to happen. So there are going to be people that are going to be start connecting more with spirit, mm. that they're becoming less material, you know, that they're, that they're starting to wake up to the much larger world that there is out there, the much yeah. larger universe that, yeah. that is available to us. That we don't have to be on this rat race of nine to five. Mm. That there is so much more mm. to it than just selling your time yeah. to someone else so that they can make more money than you. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's <laughs> sounded a bit like power to the people. Power right? to the people, yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not one of them, honestly. <laughs> the revolution starts here, people. <laughs> yeah, we've had nearly hundred followers on yeah, Facebook. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, we're nearly at 100. We are. We're at 97, yeah. like, last, the last check. So, guys, get sharing. Let's get, get sharing, a 100. Get really, really yeah. appreciate that. That'd be awesome, yeah. Thank you for, thank you for that. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think we sort of... I think, yeah, in summary... summary the majority we, of it, but I think, in summary, we both sort of, you know, believe it would be on that side of the yeah. fence for what we've presented, not only, you know, today, in, in fairness, but in, in previous episodes that are all of a, you know, a similar... Because they're all... They're all connected in, you know, in, in some way. I mean, it the, is. The, the thing for me, with, you know, with the, you know, the religion side of things, you know, specifically, is that, that all very different religions, as they would have you believe, but they all seemingly come from, a, a, you know, the same source material. Yeah. If you, you know, if you work it back far enough. Well, if, yeah, if you think about the, the three <coughs> big religions, you mm. know, you've got uh, Catholicism, uh, Judaism and Islam. They are referred to as Abrahamic religions, uh, monotheistic Abrahamic re- religions, which because they all come from the same area. Mm. They all come from the area that's known as the Levant, mm. which is now modern day Israel and, and Palestine, and that. So th- there's a connection right there. Yeah. Why there are millions and millions of people believe that, mm. and all of these come from that same you know source. So when you start seeing that things like trolls and giants and whatever else come from that same source material, yet just hasn't been turned into a mainstream belief like a lot of the other belief, mm. uh, parts of that have. It makes you wonder why has that been, you know, left out? Why, why, is, that, why is that not included in the, the sort of the, the day-to-day or the, the because, teachings? And... Because it's all a form of control. Well, so, yeah, like, take into a... account, so if you take a really modern pop culture reference, so like the Book of Eli, have you mm. seen that? I have, yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant film. With Denzel. Yeah. yeah. Man, with my man Denzel. Yeah. <laughs> my man. My man. <laughs> I didn't say the other one. No, no, no. no. <laughs> it was my man. Yeah. Um, that was pretty much an allegory of all the Dead Sea Scrolls. So you take into account um, Gary Oldman's character. He mm. wants that Bible because yeah. it, with the word of God, he can control, he can control the everyone. Yeah. And that essentially is what, what those is. religions yeah. are about. They're about controlling, controlling the masses. In their own way. Using their own, you know. So that's narrative. why. That's why they they the, 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 these books, the Dead mm. Sea Scrolls, were omitted from the the original Hebrew yeah. translation. Mm. You know, so it makes perfect sense as to why they would just yep, yeah, let's do away with that because yeah. that. That's why they're all torn pages rolled yeah, up in the case. It was even like, like um, Mary's no, Gospel. None of that. No, none of that. Mary Magdalene's Gospel was involved in all that as well. She yeah. was such a, in her in her book. She was said to be Jesus' favourite disciple. Yeah. 
Because yeah. he did have female design, disciples. He did. He did have just 12 geezers pulling around. He had 12 men and 12 women. Yeah. But conveniently, the women were cut out of the uh, Well, yeah, he had opportunities. He was all about that, wasn't he? The big guy was diverse. Yeah. <laughs> he really was. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. went on the diversity at work uh, seminar. Uh, he was the first. He was the first. <laughs> he was the first. The first and only attendee. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, he, he created it and uh, taught it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, talk exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I find it is. It's just it's just intriguing. That's the, the point I was trying to make was that if you know if, if these beliefs have all been taken from this original source and turned into these religions that so many people believe, things that we're finding that are, you know that are believed to be you know sort of nonsense are coming from the same source material. Yeah. Yet so many people believe in the other stuff. So how can this be any less worthy? Absolutely. Than, you know than. Than that. Well, this is the thing. We're finding that this source material as mm. well. It seems to. It's not just stories. So no. it, we know there was a giant flood. Mm. We know that the sea levels rose four hundred meters about twelve mm. to thirteen thousand years ago. Yeah. We know yeah. that. And it wasn't global warming then. It, no, it certainly wasn't. No. <laughs> it was a massive cataclysm, is what it was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that could just come out of nowhere. We couldn't be blamed for that one. Could it be like a bus? Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, and it was. Well, it did. You, you can't see the bus. You all did it. Big old bus. We did yeah. it. But we also know as well there have been archaeological digs on Mount Ararat in mm. the Caucasus Mountains where they have found an yeah. ark yeah. that is of the same dimensions as those put in that Hebrew Bible. Yeah. So we know that they found it. Yeah. They found the ark. Mm. And they've been able to link with it. But it wasn't genetics. all the two by two nonsense and no, all that. No, crap, no, that, that, that's, just, mm, <laughs> that's artistic license. But yeah, so we can have any giraffes in there or elephants. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Lead neck. But, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have to get a spider and a fly on there. Yeah, 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 yeah. we've been over that. Yeah. But, um, but what we do know is that we've been able to link it to genetics as well. Yes. So we've been able to find the genetic start of humanity in that same area. Yeah. So. You know, I don't know. Mm. This is what I find. If that can be believed by so many people and, and, and strongly believed and by so many people. Science is proving it correct. Then so why science... can't this be? Even though it's been proven. Yeah. Yeah, as you say. Yeah, yeah. so science and, and religion are at war with each other in a lot of cases. But yeah. it seems like science, in a lot of cases, is proving now, it. It's starting yeah. to prove mm. these earlier, earlier uh, let's call it the Bible, yeah. the earlier Bible, mm. correct in, yeah. in some circumstances. So, yeah. Why would we? Mm. Why would you not believe the other stuff that come from it? Yeah, I or mean the possibility of the other stuff coming from. I mean, not that we'll go into it because that is a whole different conversation, oh, definitely. Um, podcast episode, or whatever else. But even by doing this research on giants, which people believe is just a fairy tale creature or you know mythological creature, I found articles and links to pages of translated text, you know, claiming. That Jesus actually did exist. Yeah. There was actually a guy that fit his well, they, description. They, they believe they found, John, they found his tomb alongside yeah. his wife and his, and actually his son. Did, actually did find him, yeah. And, uh, like, and John the Baptist, who went by various other names as well, he was also like the right-hand man of, um, of who we mm. learned to know as... Jesus, and he, I mean, I won't go into it because it does really open yeah, up. Yeah, you were telling me about this Yeah, it's like wow, you went on a rabbit hole with that, mate. I fell down it big time. It took <laughs> me ages to get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a long time. Even just to get back out. And, and, and the reason why I've not mentioned it today is because a lot of it isn't relevant to what we're we're talking about. But again, the, the point I'm sort of poorly making is that you know th there is things that have been proven mm. and things that have been 
not proven but so heavily believed yet the proven stuff isn't yeah. and so I think well if that can be believed it's so blindly why can't this stuff yeah. and this has got evidence this has got facts to it and you know you say science so it's kind of like you know you've got to give it some credence as much as you might think it is like utter nonsense then <laughs> there is some real world stuff which hopefully we've, we've you know we've brought a little bit uh, you know to the listeners uh, today and you've certainly brought it to me as well I didn't yeah. know a lot of that Ancient, oh, like Britain stuff. So that's brilliant book. That I'll be, yeah, that'll be. I'll, I'll yeah, be adding that to you. I was going to say I'll be adding that to my um, <laughs> Amazon wish list. Indeed, mate. Indeed. Um, so yeah, I think um, again, although our research took us down two very different paths, we have ultimately cross ended paths. up on cross paths as well, even, um, and brought us back to the, the same same, same side of the fence. Again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is. Uh, it's quite yeah. bizarre. We seem to be doing that more and more often. <laughs> I think the, the deeper you dive into these things and the, the further you follow these paths and, and these patterns, you know, inevitably there is only one way it's going to go. Um, and that seems to be the way that we're going. You know, at the moment, I'm sure we will hit a, a brick wall or a dead end at some point. But we have, at, we've at done point, at least once, haven't we? We've done at least once, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah at least once. Um, but yeah, aside from that, I think it could just keep going. and Yeah, man. And keep going, and I'm looking forward to following that. Absolutely. That path. Yeah. So, in closing, we thank yeah. you very much, guys, for listening. Yeah, to thank you. Hope you've enjoyed it, and thank you very much to our patreons. Yeah, uh, thank James you again, and Justin. Justin, yeah. seeing this, so thank yeah. you very much, bud. Cheers, man. Much appreciated for your continued support. Absolutely. And a huge thank you to Hellfire Studios as well. Yes. Um, keeping keeping the doors open for us. Getting the lights on. on yeah. Bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so guys also remember go check us out on the socials um, we're on Facebook Instagram Twitter YouTube all under the same handle of yeah. Conspiracy Podcast uh, no that's no, the other that's one the other that's one. not ours <laughs> <laughs> what am I talking about I don't know I've got too far into that that's the other one yeah. because I wrote the word down Conspiracy that's right it. here that's what it's, that is that's it Chris Tindrum okay I'll start that again come check us out <laughs> Under the same handle yes. of the Critter Rounders podcast. That is it. There yeah. you go. That's us. Yeah, that is us. us. That is us. us. That one, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've had too much caffeine. I thought, much I, 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 thought I kept it simple, but yeah. uh, <laughs> maybe not. Yeah. So uh, this is uh, also a good opportunity, seeing as it's fresh in my mind. Yes. And I can actually do it this time. Yeah. I'm going to drop the next episode. Yes. We're going to be doing yeah. uh, Skinwalker Ranch, guys. We are. We're going to be doing the Skinwalker and we'll be bleeding into the ranch, the ranch yeah. itself. Because we thought you couldn't really do one without the, the well, other. we've done the Wendigo. Really, and done the Wendigo, and that was he brought up the, you know, the, the Skinwalker and the parallels between the two. Um, and, yeah, we just felt we wanted, whilst it was still relatively, you know, sort of fresh, and, you know, the Wendigo was a creature that we, we both sort of really enjoyed diving into and, and researching. And even now I'm still reading and watching things, even mm. though we've done the episode, you know, about the, the you know, the First Nations, you know, belief and the, the tales and stuff. And... And so no doubt when we do Skinwalker, we're going to cross over back into oh, no that doubt. part of the world and, and everything else uh, as well. But, and specifically, yeah, the probably the latter half of the uh, the episode will, will go down well, to I the I think uh, it might be a long ranch. one, to be honest, for the ranch, because that in itself, there's a lot to go through there, man. There's there's potential there's... For, for this to be a two-parter. So uh... yeah, There is so much phenomena. So, so much my strangeness yeah. involved with Skinwalker Ranch is unreal. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, but like, I mean, I'll still watch the TV show, even even some of the reruns. Not yeah. To this day, I'll, I'll watch. Uh, I'll watch it. So. Um, yeah. See, I haven't taken. I haven't watched that to be honest, but I've watched 
loads of stuff loads of other stuff YouTube yeah, yeah. various people going there and having their own um, investigations but there'll also, be the interesting ones the yeah. interesting thing is that the government now own it the US government now oh, owns Skinwalker Ranch. No, I thought that it was owned by one guy. Oh, because they're not allowing anyone any, in, anywhere near it anymore. Oh, that's, it, that's the interesting part. That is an interesting bit, and I'm sure we'll get onto that but in more detail. We'll get hit that later. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's what she said. <laughs> hey, hey! One more. Four. One more. <laughs> right, so, in closing, yes. so thank you very much again for listening. Thank you. For getting this far within. The, yeah, uh, the episode. Hope you enjoyed it. So you certainly have. It's a, good, it's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. And remember, it's not always about the size of the weapon. <laughs> it's certainly not. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs>